trying to go home all of my change I spent on you where are the times gone baby it's all wrong where are the plans we made for two yeah I, I know it's hard to remember Master Alfie is going to join us to uh, to talk about uh, many many things. You know they can't see you wave, right? Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> what did I let myself into? Uh, so we'll start with Raw because because that's what we normally start with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Raw kicked off this week with uh, the tag team tournament finals. Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara Rey back from his illness. Um, uh, obviously, uh, and looked pretty good. So you know, obviously, wasn't that bad? Quite good. Um, Sin Cara and Rey uh, <laughs> went on against uh, Team Road Scholars, Davian Sandow and Cody Rhodes. Uh, I don't know about you, but I actually thought this match was really good. I thought the finish was really good as well. I, I, yeah, I did. I, I liked it. And I, I don't know what it was about that illness, but Rey Mysterio actually looked a little bit like the old Rey Mysterio, in my opinion. It was quite nice to see. Yeah, no, I thought, I, <laughs> honestly, I thought all four guys worked really, really well. And I'm not a big fan of Cody um, at the moment, but I thought he did really, really well, honestly. Well, I, I I'm a fan of Cody, so I am. Um, but yeah, I, I, Damien Sandow is superb. Sin Cara looked really, really good. Sin Cara's looked better and better every week since he started working with Ray, which is one of the reasons why I read a report this week, apparently Ray Mysterio's uh, relationship with WWE higher-ups and brass is really good at the moment, one, because, you know, he's uh, come back and, and done so well, but also because of the work he's done with Sin Cara, and obviously you can see Sin Cara working harder to try and evolve into a Mexican style and try and hybrid <coughs> his work with, with what people want to see on American TV. Uh, I was to say, I, I, I can see a noticeable difference in Sin Cara working with Mysterio, and it is... It's little things that Ray does that is why it works so well for Ray that I see Sin Cara sort of picking up, and I, I like that. I, I like it a lot. As far as Sin Cara is concerned, I mean, Alpha's like where you're not as involved in the backstage stuff as us. When you watch Sin Cara, do you do you notice the botches? Uh, yeah. And the thing why Ray Mysterio and Sin Cara work so well is because they're so aligned. Which if Sin Cara can be like Ray in a couple of years, if when Ray retires, Sin Cara can take over that role as the, as the great worker and, and, and the sort of face of the Mexican yeah. fans and stuff like that, he's made for life. I was to say, well, that's got that's got to be the goal, surely. I mean, Ray Mysterio is a rich motherfucker because of course, <laughs> WWE and because WWE obviously 
want to go after the Latino fan base. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, Damian Sandow uh, come out victorious, so they will move on to Hell in a Cell to face Kane and Daniel Bryan. Kane and Daniel Bryan appear on the big screen after the match and congratulate Rhodes and Sandow, uh, but tell them there is a uh, not chance of them winning the titles. They actually use the phrase Hell No. Uh, Kane then makes the ring explode and uh, Team Rhodes Goldies look like they're going to piss their pants. You've got to be kidding me! One, one moment while we uh, turn all phones off. Can you uh, go give the house phone to Mum and tell her that um, you know who phone it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, Team Rhodes Goldies uh, look like they're going to piss their pants after uh, Kane and... Um, Daniel Bryan uh, make the ring explode. So we move on next to uh, Kofi Kingston versus Michael McGillicay. Um, the Miz has joined Michael Cole and uh, Jim Ross on commentary. The uh, WWE Intercontinental Champion Kofi Kingston, uh, we see a replay from main event last Wednesday um, where obviously Kofi went over and won the championship. Uh, Raw then confirms the news from SmackDown last week where Kofi will defend against The Miz this Sunday at Hell in a Cell. Uh, Michael McGillicay started the match um, and uh, that was really about the end of his offence as uh, <laughs> Kofi kind of battled out from the corner uh, hit a backbreaker and then they went on um, tussled a bit more trouble in paradise out of nowhere Kofi won didn't really expect much more from a Michael McGillicay match on the wall no. if I'm honest though apparently Triple H is a big fan I, I don't know I, I, I mentioned it last week Michael McGillicay is on my list so I, I'm not a big fan of it. I, 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 I the only thing I took out of this was, it, and it sounds ridiculous to say, but it was nice to see Kofi Kingston get to squash someone. Purely for the benefit of the, Sunday, obviously. Yeah, but it, it was actually nice because it, it, instead of literally like Kofi being sort of jobber to the stars, it was nice to see. Miss him. is very good on commentary, by the way. Yeah, Miss is a good talker, so it doesn't really surprise me that much. Miss and, Miss and Larry King, that should be the new one. No, 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 Larry King. That was that was terrible. You're so bad. Uh, Alfie, did you see the Larry King segment? I, I did not. You're so lucky. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> John Cena said he will be out next to discuss why he passed over the WWE Championship match to Ryback. We didn't really talk about this that much last week. Cena passing over a title match, issue or not? No. No? Uh, I, I don't know if I don't have an issue with it because... Even though they've obviously said about his arm and stuff like that, I, I don't think I have an issue because I'm like, well, m- m- there's always a chance he just wasn't 100%. And it's not like he just literally went, actually, I'm feeling a bit stiff in my arm, so no, go ahead. It was just a case of, you need to be destroyed and he's going to destroy you. And I, I didn't mind the way he did it, sort of thing. Didn't bother me. Senor Ryback. Ryback, I want to see CM Punk get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> see, clear as day. <laughs> uh, New York Giants were at ringside. <coughs> Boo. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Cena talks about Hell in a Cell talked about CM Punk's reign as WWE Champion Cena says the most truthful thing that Punk has said during his reign as champion was right before he became WWE Champion um, Punk saw change and Cena says at Hell in a Cell we will see change in the form of Ryback Cena put over the fact that Ryback stands for one thing and that is destruction Cena says the face of the WWE will change this Sunday which brought out CM Punk and Paul Heyman Punk came out and ripped on the New York Giants a little bit he, uh, he bragged about being WWE Champion for 337 days and being the best in the world. Punk promises that he will walk out of Hell in a Cell still as our reigning and defending WWE Champion. Punk says he likes Cena's new role in the WWE as Ryback's cheerleader. 
Punk <laughs> says that Cena finally realised that he cannot beat Punk. Cena says he came out here to let everyone know how excited he was for Hell in a Cell. Cena says that it's not that he can't beat Punk, he just wasn't allowed to. However, Cena mentions that he is now officially medically cleared to wrestle. Cena says he won't mess up the title match this Sunday, but he will whoop Punk's ass tonight. Punk begins to head down the ramp as Paul Heyman is begging him not to get in the ring with John Cena, telling him he's got Ryback this Sunday and that's all he needs to think about. Punk makes it to the apron and then Cena's ready to fight, but Heyman is ranting about Punk not being able to fight for free and not fighting because he's got Ryback and really thinking about this. Punk gets off the apron, heads back up the ramp as the crowd boos. They're teasing this Punk-Cena thing and it's going to go somewhere. Yeah. But surely it has to go somewhere before Royal Rumble. This can only go as far as TLC, surely. Well, it, I was to say, in all fairness, it's not exactly like it's it's not exactly like the Ryback thing is going to go on for a while. Like, in my opinion, and even if Ryback does win the title, yeah, obviously he'll have his thing with um, Punk afterwards. But the C, I don't know, it's kind of weird because the Cena Rock thing, uh, Cena, sorry, Punk thing, you've got to feel has got to be something to do with the Rock thing at Rumble as well. It, it seems weird that they literally go, say Ryback won the title and then beats Punk again. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so they might do Cena Punk off the title, but it's like, okay, so whoever you give to Ryback, and it's a case of, what are you fighting The Rock? The, the Rock, uh, it sounds weird, but as great as it is that we know The Rock's going to have his match, his title match at Rumble, yeah. it kind of does say, well, you two kind of need to be constantly in the title picture beforehand, because otherwise it's going to be like, what? Oh, and at TLC, which one is it going to, is it going to be Ryback, or is it going to be, I don't know, Dolph Ziggler? To be honest... I don't want to see either of those matches, really. I mean, the Ryback yeah. one would be interesting, but... Yeah, the Ryback one would be interesting because it would be a case of, well, does, does he lose to the Rock? Or does, does he beat the Rock? It, it's a weird that's, one, that's the thing, I think. While it's exciting to think the Rock's going to get a WWE Championship match at Royal Rumble, and that's something to look forward yeah. to, they have kind of booked themselves into a hole. And, it de- and, and this isn't the same as when they booked Cena, Rock a year in advance. Because it wasn't for a title, so anything could have happened in that. Yeah, with this, it's literally a case of CM Punk. And Cena have to be in the title picture, otherwise it's very It's obvious. very pigeonholed, yeah. what they've done. Which, which is still fun and stuff like that, but... Yeah, I, I, I don't know, I mean... The, the Cena-Punk thing's obviously going to happen. It's, and to me, it's going to be the feud leading up to um, Royal Rumble. Do you see it as simple as... <clears throat> punk, I mean, for argument's sake, Punk goes over tonight against Ryback, and then we go back to Cena-Punk at Survivor Series? Quite possibly, yeah. I, I, I don't really... Like, as, as I wouldn't be surprised if Ryback won tonight. Yeah. My personal pick is Punk because I think it makes more sense in what they're doing. Unless they start... And the only other way they could do it is if Ryback does win, then it's a kind of Ryback-Punk-Cena <coughs> thing. And then it's also that kind of thing of, like, Punk could go, well done, Cena. Look, 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 he's champion. Go ahead. Try yeah, him but, out. I mean, it's... if you're Vince, do you want to book your, you know, your new pet project in Ryback against... <laughs> Your golden boy. Yeah, that, that's, that's There's exactly, no smart that's, way to book that. That's match. exactly the point I'm sort of making. Is it's kind of like, ah, oh, so you've got this the new guy and, and your guy. And, and Ryback has never attacked a face. <coughs> exactly. So that's why I, my personal opinion is going to yeah. be Punk going up to that because I just think it makes more sense from a business point of view. But as much as you said it. you want to see Punk get his ass kicked, does that mean you think it makes more sense for Ryback to be champion? Or I to be champion, I would say CM Punk because it would be interesting. CM Punk Rock rather than Ryback Rock because Rock and CM Punk have a sort of feud as yeah a feud yeah I mean we were talking about this the other day Rock versus Ryback promos won't be very exciting yeah I, I mentioned this because I can imagine it now 
Okay, Phoebe Ball, Big Betty. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jabroni. Yeah, I'll kick your ass. A, a powerful people and all other kind of crap that I can just say, put words together. And yeah, it's a catchphrase. Oh, boots to asses. Hey, what you got for me? Feed me. Oh, push the pace. I, I don't give a fuck. Okay, he just picks three random words and puts them together and everyone just goes, yay, rock. Fuck off, right? No. Push the pace. I, I don't care. Put, push the pace, boots to asses. I don't know. Simone Warrior. Oh, he's a prick, right? <laughs> anyway, no, it, it'd be, you know, in all fairness, but obviously the guy can talk, yeah? I'm actually dogging on the rock, but... And he's going to do his thing, and uh, one of us is going to be like, feed me. Is that all you got? Feed me more. Feed me rock. Well, that's original. Oh, God, this is going to be a terrible lead <laughs> And then all have quite a long gap to rumble as well, so it's it's going to be... Well, yeah, yeah, obviously, of, it's normally about six, seven weeks between yeah. teams. And obviously, and I mean, I assume Rock will be there quite a bit in the lead-up anyway, right? But I it, assume it, it, Rock will appear at the beginning yeah. of January. Yeah, but then before that, it's just kind of like, he's champion, okay? He's going to fight The Rock. Um, the only way that, uh, for me, I know it sounds bad, is the only way that could be exciting in the lead-up, because it's not going to be through promos, is if you literally have every week on Raw... Someone challenge Ryback for the title. And it's like, no, I want to fight Ryback. It's the only way I can see it. And the beauty of it is, though, of course, is you have to remember Ryback's DLC is released in January. The DLC for WB13, yeah. when Ryback's in the DLC, is released in January. Yeah. So that could be the big thing, in it? Ryback, and then you can show clips from WB13 of Ryback versus The Rock on the game. Mm. Is this what's going to happen in real life? Yeah, because they can't talk. Well, he can't talk, so... I, actually, to be honest, I think it'd be brilliant as if he just stood there as champion and Rock says something and then he just then Ryback just put out this eloquent promo just highlighting the, the heights and flaws of The Rock and saying exactly why he'll beat him because everyone's be like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> uh, we move on with Raw anyway apart from Ryback uh, being a Rhodes Scholar and I don't mean a tag team member uh, Justin Gabriel versus Antonio Cesaro for the uh, third week in a row again really really fun match and uh, Gabriel goes over with a 450 splash for the non-tile win I'm assuming this will lead up to a, an announced, uh, a, a spontaneous US title match on the pay-per-view of Justin Gabriel versus I, Antonio Cesaro. I hope it does. I really enjoyed their match. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I enjoy watching Justin Gabriel. I don't think he's like. I don't necessarily think he should be US champ, like champion. But he's enjoyable to watch, and Cesaro is a good worker as well. And I, I, I liked the match they've had, and I hope they do. Have a match uh, on I want Cesaro to be on the pay-per-view because generally that means he's going to win. And then you can see the Gotch style neutralizer, which may be one of the best finishes in the WWE. I don't get why you love that move so much. I really don't. Uh, we move on to a uh, to the limousine pulling into the back. We see Vince coming out, and the crowd obviously gives him a massive Vince pop. Uh, AJ Lee gets out of the li uh, of the limo with Vince. Uh, they walk off, and we go to commercial. They're on their way out. Of course, uh, earlier on in the day, uh, AJ Lee tweeted that she'd been called to an emergency board meeting at WWE Global Headquarters back from the break and Vince is in the ring there was a weird kind of Vince came as well, I don't know what it was in America but over here we had them come back and Vince said uh, like we're going to talk about the emergency board directors meeting then they went away for like another 10 seconds of black screen and then yeah. one advert and then they came back again yeah that was weird but uh, anyway um, Vince said that AJ met with the board of directors earlier today her tenure as Raw general manager was the discussion and uh, he was going to let AJ announce the uh, outcome of that meeting. AJ said because of allegations that she had been fraternising with a member of the Raw roster, she was now resigning as general manager of Raw. AJ said some of her decisions may have been unorthodox, and some people may consider her unstable, but some people just like a crazy chick. Couldn't agree more. 
Uh, AJ says that she's come so far. Talks about growing up 15 minutes from the Izod Arena, obviously. AJ said that she grew up with nothing. She lived in cars and motels and has gone from being homeless to being the boss. She thought she would be uh, a poor girl with nothing in her life, but the fans accepted her. AJ thanks everyone, and she loved every second of the job. She thanks Vince for giving her the opportunity. Let's talk about AJ's tenure as GM. I mean, <clears throat> when it happens, you kind of think to yourself, that could be really shit or really, really good. I thought it was really, really good. It was fun. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it, but then I felt like it kind of dwindled out near the end. But uh, the, 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 the back and forth with her yeah. and Daniel Bryan was yeah, just the, superb. The, the thing with like her as boss and Daniel Bryan and the punk thing was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. But sort of after that, it was kind of like she sort of just pop up and that was it, really. Yeah. It? So that, that, that was my like opinion on it, but... I mean, for me, the AJ thing, it was, you know, the Daniel Bryan stuff was always funny, and, yeah. and, you know, she always had good back and forth with Punk and stuff like that, and, you know, she, she, she was one of those people where, you know, when Cena was doing the goofy stuff, she kind of... She kind of... She, she kind of, you know, just sort of, like, was able to, 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 in, to sort of incorporate Cena in those bits, and, and really, yeah. you know, and, and it was always fun. I think it was always fun when she was in those situations. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, like, at the start, which is what you're talking about, the start was really enjoyable. I, I did, I really enjoyed it. I really got into it. But then it was, uh, even when it happened, though, I was like, this isn't a long-term thing, surely, because it's very hard to keep that momentum going. And I do think it did sort of die out near the end. But I, I did enjoy her as GM, so I can't complain. Alf digging the crazy chicks, or is it just Bruce's? Uh, <laughs> I, t I thought it was good because it was something new. We haven't really seen it before as a GM. Yeah. And I thought it brought something new. So that's. I enjoyed it, personally. Um, Heyman came out after that. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I couldn't type fast enough on Twitter to say that give the job to Paul Heyman. <laughs> um, Heyman talked about AJ's story and said there needs to be a new general manager of Raw. Heyman said that Vince needs someone with class, education, and dignity. Someone who can demonstrate something that Vince holds in such a high order, and that is ruthless aggression. Heyman said if the board needs him to step in, then he will. Vince said no. <laughs> I don't like Vince anymore. Uh, he introduces the person who is not the new general manager of Raw. Uh, they're not the interim general manager of Raw. They are the managing supervisor of Monday Night Raw. Because that's what I've often felt, that Raw doesn't have enough un useless, unnecessary titles. And uh, for <laughs> some reason, unbeknownst to the world, <laughs> given another storyline of her being in a position of power, Vince welcomed out Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> oh dear, indeed. I, I don't understand why Vicky keeps getting... I, mean, look, I love Vicky, and I think she's great, but, I mean, for the love of God. Yeah, no, it's... <coughs> Joe, I, I don't think I'd have that much of an issue of it if they just went and the temporary GM. I, I like the fact they've just given a random title as well, and it's sort of... Just... Well, what if I told you that uh, tomorrow night Rory's coming from North Carolina? What if I told you? Ooh, or should I say? Ooh. What if I told you that tomorrow night Roy's coming from North Carolina and there is a big rumor that a former 16-time world champion may turn up and become the new GM of Raw? Look, I'm not his biggest fan, but I I think he should not just come back and become the GM of Raw. I think he should come back and just give him the job of GM of Raw and SmackDown. Okay, that that's my personal opinion. Are you aware of who we're talking about? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is Rick indeed Flair. Rick Flair. <laughs> with, with, with Rick Flair. 
obviously the whole reason Ric Flair, and, and, and this is obviously, we spoke about this last week, the only reason Ric Flair isn't back in the WWE at the moment is the ongoing lawsuit between yeah. TNA and WWE about WWE having inside information about TNA, which is the only reason why Matt Morgan returned to TNA, which is the only reason why Velvet Sky is returning to TNA, because WWE aren't comfortable signing anyone from TNA. And, and for me, that looks bad upon TNA because they've only got two people back in their company, two great talents back in their yeah. company because WWE weren't able to sign I, them. I would genuinely Rick Flair, like uh, we spoke about last week, was uh, was approached to become uh, back to TNA and be a part of Sting's Hall of Fame induction. Yeah. He said no. You know, that, that speaks volumes about how Ric Flair feels. Ric Flair wants to come home. I, I was going to say, it's like... But the thing is, like you said about, like, Berwick's guy and Matt Morgan, don't get me wrong, I, I'd love to have both of them in WWE. Um, although I know Matt Morgan was there before, I don't really feel he got... He did what he... Was, he had a great start in Munich. <laughs> it was bad. No, that was bad. But, no, I, I feel he could offer more now, especially, like... I, I see he's developed himself more yeah. as a wrestler and a talent. He is very good, and, and Berwick's guy is, well... She, she's just better than most of the divas in WWE, so that's that's class. I don't think no, Velvet's all that good in ring, by the way. I just think she's better looking. No, but, but she's better looking, but she's also no, but she is better in the ring than some of the divas. I mean, some of the divas, yeah, yeah, not, not all, all of them. Don't, no, don't get me wrong, I didn't say all of them, but like some of them. So I'd love to have her there. But the difference between them and Ric Flair is Ric Flair is was a homegrown w, like WCW and WWE talent that went to TNA, whereas Matt Morgan I know was in WWE, but. He's made a name in TNA, and I think that's the big difference. Is that not the bigger issue? It's more like Ric Flair coming home as opposed to Velvet Sky and. Is that not the bigger issue? Is that not the bigger issue for TNA though? The fact that they've got these somewhat homegrown talents who don't want to be part of their company anymore. When you think about homegrown talents in TNA, realistically, you're only talking about AJ Styles because Samoa Joe made his name on uh, ROH. Matt Morgan was a household name in WWE because he was part of major storylines. He was part of Team Brock and stuff like that. He was under Paul Heyman on SmackDown and did some rather big stuff. Again, yeah, some knockouts are homegrown, but realistically, when you talk about homegrown yeah. TNA talent, it's AJ Styles, and that's the beginning and end of the conversation. Christopher Daniels made his name in ROH and TNA. I, I think to certain people, I, I agree, but then to certain people, don't. Because, like, for instance, someone like me, I, I know names from Ring of H and stuff like that, yeah? Ring of H. I know Ring of H, I realised when I said it. ROH and stuff like that, yeah? But, but for me, TNA has more... Exposure. It's much like the WCW thing. A lot of their talent either came from W or came from like other places that came in. Yeah. But their name became in WCW because they got the exposure. There are people like, for instance, like I don't really remember Samoa being in ROH and stuff like that because I didn't really think that. And so TNA to me, TNA talents are people like that like AJ obviously, but then also people like um, Samoa Joe and some talent there I consider homegrown to them because they're the ones that where they got the exposure. Yeah. So, to people like who watch the indie stuff, they're like, yeah, it's not really homegrown. But then to someone who only watches like on TV and doesn't get that like, like city people in the ring, like it, it's different. So, um, I see my point there. I think in, 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 uh, that's just so everyone is everyone needs to be aware of the indie circuit.
only one this match against Daniel Bryan, but um, you know, it, it, losing so you know, it was really Kane that cost Daniel Bryan the match. <laughs> so anyway, uh, moving on. Kane, uh, Kane came into the ring. They argued about Kane obviously costing Daniel Bryan the match. Kane said he was trying to help Daniel Bryan. Uh, Matt Striker came down the ramp and uh, told them to stop arguing. Striker said Vicky Guerrero sent him out because uh, there's going to be a surprise. They're uh, going to be part of a therapeutic game show. Uh, it will be Team Hell No versus Team Road Scholars. And uh, yeah, you've got uh, the uh, the newly tag game coming up after the break. Um, the the basically uh, this whole game show was a complete bust and nothing really happened aside from the fact Kane left over he was in Scorpio. He enjoyed long walks on the beach and rabbits. Rainbows, isn't it? rainbows, rabbits. Love rainbows. I don't know. It was just it was it was super bad. And of course, Daniel Bryan had to tell us again that he's the world's toughest vegan. It's a thing. It, it's great. I love it. He's, he, he, even Kane mocked it though. He's a goat. <laughs> he is a goat, Daniel Bryan, but uh, he's not a goat face. He's the greatest of all time. No, he's a goat face. Uh, Striker. Um, Striker at the end actually started mocking Team Hell No, saying, uh, oh, the best bit was when uh, Team Rose Gullis said they wouldn't participate, and then uh, Matt Striker said, well, you're the winner by forfeit, and Daniel Bryan went, absolutely yeah. <laughs> shit bananas nuts because he won something. AK just looked at him like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, Striker said that he hopes that Team Hell No lose on Sunday and laughed at them, uh, backing up the ramp, he then backed into a rather uh, angry-looking Big Show. Uh, Big Show came down for the uh, match announced last week against Kane. Um... Rhodes and Sandow got involved, but I mean, there wasn't much going on for Kane before that, I'm not going to lie. Big Show wins, uh, giving him a big win going into uh, Sunday, obviously. Santina Morella backstage with AJ, saying uh, he thinks AJ did a good job, and uh, he's sorry that she has to leave. Uh, John Cena then walked up to AJ and said, if there's anything he can do, just let her know, just let him know, and he'll do it for her. AJ says she did a lot of things uh, that maybe she should have been fired for, but, but not this, it's not true. AJ brings up Vicky. You know, Vicky said that AJ had an affair, and that's just not true. Cena says he'll get to the bottom of it. Cena says if AJ tells him who it is, he'll go into the back, he'll go into the locker room, he'll drag him down, he'll beat him up, and then it'll become he said, she said, and then you know the, the board of directors can't take, you know, uh, can't, can't can't take he said, she said on on, on the grounds of being fired. Uh, AJ then brings up that the person that was supposed to be with Cena, <laughs> and uh, Cena says, "What the, the business dinner they had." You know, how can how can someone make anything out of that? AJ said she's sorry and she, she she can't believe she dragged you know, John dragged John's been dragged into this and Cena gave AJ a hug and Cena said he'll take care of it and not to worry. Um I mean it's Cena, Dean. Cena was banging AJ. Okay. Apparently. Right, if he was, kudos, I'd love to. But it, I I don't want to shit on this storyline before it's really started, but I I I have, I don't care at the moment. They, they'd have to really do something quite special to get me to care about this. It's just I, I don't like storylines when it's this. Where it's like, well, they said this, well, but that wasn't true. I know. Oh, let's fight someone. Yeah, I just it to me, like I said, it's. I mean, I said this to you before. Is for me, it reeks of just we need Cena to do something, and now he's not in the title picture. But then you told me like this was possibly the plan, or along, which just makes me sad. Well, according according to according to a report from PWI Insider, this was the plan all along was to was obviously to remove AJ from being GM no, after, and this was the the story one of the storylines that was in mind. Well, I, I I dread to think how bad the other ones were then, because <laughs> I I really I mean, this, this is a 
to me already. Like I said, it, it might it might get better, and I might be here in a couple of weeks going, "Oh my god, I love this." But at the moment, I just it just seems awful. We came back from commercial when Vince called with uh, John Cena's record with Vince as he was about to leave the arena. Uh, very upset, of course, about the whole AJ and Vicky thing. Vince says this isn't the time or the place to talk about it. Uh, Cena tells Vince to cut the corporate crap. Vince says there was some very incriminating evidence. Uh, Cena says it was just a business dinner. Uh, Vince says that Vicky getting the job is very likely an interim thing, but it is what it is. Vince actually said in this promo that he didn't even know what a management supervisor was. Yeah, I noticed that too. Vince jumped in his limousine and off he drove, uh, with Cena looking pretty pissed off. Um, as I say, I, I didn't give it a chance. Obviously, the YouTube pre-show, John Cena's going to be on the YouTube pre-show and apparently be talking about this, so yeah. we'll wait and see what happens on uh, as far as that's concerned, really. I think that's the best thing to do. But uh, Alberto Del Rio versus Zack Ryder was up next, and it won't shock you to know that uh, Zack Ryder continued his losing streak to Alberto Del Rio. Um, he hasn't beat Alberto Del Rio ever. Um, <laughs> And probably never will. And probably never will. After the match, Del Rio took the mic and addressed Randy Orton. Del Rio said that he will cut Orton's head off at LNSL. Uh, Del Rio put the uh, arm breaker back on Ryder as uh, Ricardo was screaming Alberto Del Rio's name. Uh, Cena then confronted Vicky Guerrero backstage in the, uh, in the I suppose, person of power's office, we have to call it now. Uh, Cena called her a backstabbing liar. I think he said that Cena's little girlfriend, AJ, can't keep business from pleasure. Cena says it was just a business dinner. Vicky says that Cena asked AJ out on Raw, went out with her, and now AJ got what she deserved. Vicky says that Cena cost AJ her job. Cena walked off. This is leading somewhere, and, and again, we're gonna move, we'll are gonna move. we move down a little bit further before we carry on, because uh, Josh Matthews was then backstage interviewing yeah. Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler said he was very happy about his victory over Daniel Bryan earlier in the night, and then brought up the AJ situation. He said the one person to really blame for this is John Cena. If Dolph Ziggler is picking a fight <laughs> with John Cena, he's going to lose. And there is no way Dolph Ziggler can come out of any program with John Cena having anything but being, being squashed. It is one of the issues with Cena. Cena is obviously an amazing worker. He's a great worker, and you know, he, no one works harder. And he, he is—he he can drag like people to an amazing match, sort of thing. That aren't talented, and I think Dolph Ziggler is talented. So it's like that's great. But the problem with Cena is the way he's been built. You—you you can't like put someone like Dolph Ziggler against him. The, the person who goes against Cena has to kind of already have a name for themselves, because otherwise they're just going to come out looking weaker. And I think that's the problem with this storyline. In theory, you go. I mean, the mate, the matches will probably be brilliant, but the finishes are going to be very just. Yeah, you're not John Cena. I suppose that's the thing. I mean, we all know Cena has great matches, really, with anyone he faces. Yeah. In my opinion, anyway. I know some people don't agree with me, but you know, Cena gets good matches out of poor people and has great matches with great people. I mean, you look at the matches he's had with CM Punk or, yeah. or you know the match he had with The Rock, matches he's had in the past with Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. They're all great matches. Um, but for me, ultimately, if this boils down to at Survivor Series, we're going to see Dolph Ziggler and Vicky Guerrero versus John Cena and AJ in a mixed tag team match, and the winner gets ultimate control of Raw. There is no way AJ and John Cena don't come out on top of that match. Unless Vicky pins AJ after something. There's no way John Cena is going to get pinned by Dolph Ziggler. It's just ultimately boils yeah. down to that. Without without just the most ridiculously schmoz Dusty Rhodes finish. You are never going to see Dolph Ziggler get a clean no. pinfall over that, that, John that's Cena. The and I don't care if Dolph Ziggler becomes the biggest name in the company. He's still not going to get a clean pinfall over John Cena. It's just not... He doesn't have the look of a person that should get a clean pinfall over, over John Cena. You know, it, it's just one of those things. There's nothing that people that, 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 that these people can do to surpass John Cena. They can, they can become the biggest name in pro wrestling. They still won't be bigger in the minds of WWE brass than John Cena. 
you can get the biggest pop of the night. That, that, you can, you've seen it before. John Cena has gone up against people like Shawn Michaels. He's gone up against people like Triple H. Gone up against people like Chris Jericho, who get the you know Christian Edge. You get the shit cheered out of them in the matches. But don't really don't care because as far as they're concerned, Cena being champion, you can boo all you want. You're still coming and you're still buying the Cena merchandise for your kids. Yeah. And you might think, oh, that's bad for WWE not to care about their fans. No, they care about the right kind of fans. <laughs> yeah. They care about the fans that make them more money. Well, it's, it's, it's one of the things I've always kind of brought up and obviously not dominant people like stuff like that, but it, it one of the things that always makes me laugh is a lot of the people that complain about John Cena, oh, it's disgraceful, oh, what? oh, oh yeah, what, you don't care about your fans while well, they're streaming it illegally and, and, and not buying any merchandise and not going That's to the shows. It's the, just kind of like, the, well, the, the, thing, the thing I hate the most is when you see people audibly booing Cena in the crowd Oh yeah, with Cena t-shirts on. Yeah. <laughs> You've gone out and bought yeah. a John Cena t-shirt. You haven't altered it in any way to be cool or funky. Yeah. You're just wearing a John Cena t-shirt that says Rise Above the Hate or Rise Above Cancer or whatever. And you're booing him. No, you're no. giving him money. You give with one hand <laughs> and take away with the other. It's like that. The people I love are the people that it's like, oh, come see that. Boo! Boo away! You can't see me! Make up your mind. It's like, boo, boo, but I have to be a part of it. <laughs> It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's retarded. Uh, the, the night finished, of course, with the largest lumberjack match in WWE history. 30 superstars around the ring, including Mason Ryan with his funky new hairstyle. Uh, CM Punk won uh, because of uh, various interruptions from various mid-carders. Um, uh, as soon as uh, the bell rang, Ryback's music hit. Out he came. Punk tried to leave, but the lumberjacks threw him back in the match. Ryback manhandled Punk, slammed him. Punk tried to leave again, but they throw him back in. Ryback with a huge slam. Punk tries to go through the crowd, but the Lumberjacks throw him in again. Ryback presses Punk up behind the air, throws him into a bunch of Lumberjacks at ringside. Heyman gathers um, a beat-up Punk and drags him up the ramp. As Raw goes off air with Ryback standing tall in the ring. My biggest issue going forward is that at no point have they made Ryback look any fallible in any way, shape, or form. And that, to me, going forward, is why... I will make the decision of CM Punk going over at Hell in a Cell. The only problem is, is like, uh, to a degree, I would like say, yeah, I, I, anyone else, I'd probably agree. But the problem with Ryback is because of the way he is being dealt with stuff like that. The point is that he looks unstoppable, and I, I, it sounds weird, but even if he was to win, I don't think they would have given Punk getting over him at any point because of the way they built Ryback to be. The whole point is Ryback is. Unstoppable. If Punk got the upper hand at any point, it's kind of like, um, okay. Yeah. So, and then if Ryback wins, it's kind of like, but but you know he is damageable. If they are going to make him champion, this is exactly how they needed to bill him. So it's a case of the no, the next challenger. Um, we don't have a weakness on him. Yeah. And that's exact. If they are, if they do plan on making him champion, I, I still think they would have booked it this way. Or if they have him to lose, I still think they would have booked it this way. So either way, I don't think the way it's been booked is... Okay, let me put this to you. If I told you that there is one, there are two camps in WWE Korea yeah. right now, okay? There is the pro-Ryback camp led by Vince McMahon. And there is the pro-CM Punk camp led by Triple H. <laughs> what side of the barrier are you sitting on? Um... Not, 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 not thinking about going to Royal Rumble. I'm just talking about we're watching the pay-per-view tonight. How do you want to see the pay-per-view end? Do you want to see some kind of schmoz finish where CM Punk somehow regains the belt, whether it be involving Brock Lesnar or involving John Cena or involving any you know anybody else? Or do you want to see Ryback just beat the crap out of CM Punk and then it'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe he's actually watching it. I, I got mixed views. I would like CM Punk to win because obviously Ryback's been built as this person with no flaws. 
and it takes the best in the world to find the flaws and beat him. Yes. But I would like Ryback to win because I don't like CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> Go right off you. <laughs> I'm not going to bother asking the question because I know. Anyway, um, according to a report from Figure 4 Wrestling Online, WWE officials have decided on the finish for Ryback versus CM Punk for the WWE title match tonight at Hell in a Cell. The source says that, of course, it could change between now and then. This report came out about Thursday. Okay. At yeah. one point, CM Punk was scheduled to win the match. The feeling was that Ryback being undefeated and Punk's run as WWE champion, um, and that streak is more... But the, the Punk's run as WWE champion and the streak of days is more important in the sense that they're building to a WrestleMania season with Punk Rock and John Cena being the focal point. Punk going into Royal Rumble as WWE Champion for one year will be better than him going into the pay-per-view after trading the title of Ryback just a month earlier. It's yeah. believed that breaking Ryback's streak isn't the best thing for him, but his run has never been built around being undefeated anyway. There's a feeling that if Ryback loses at Hell in a Cell, as long as they go right back to pushing him super strong <coughs> and have him run through everyone, he can be rehabbed. It should be noted that the source reported that the finish to the match has changed again, um, in recent days, um, before be, uh, uh, changed uh, numerous times in recent yeah. days, and has changed again possibly um, since Thursday, meaning that both Ryback and Punk have at one point been penciled in as winning this match within the last four days. Word is, regardless of what happens at Hell in a Cell, CM Punk will be WWE champion going into the Royal Rumble and will face The Rock. Yeah. I think ultimately that. I think ultimately that. As long as that is the plan, yeah. I, I'm not overly. They say there about Punk's streak and stuff. I'm not overly fussed about Punk's streak. I mean, yes, it's impressive and all that kind of stuff, and, and obviously they're doing a great job of building it in the respect, but as long as it's not a case of like, but oh, we're going to do Ryback versus Rock. As long as Punk yeah. is champion again before Royal Rumble, I'm not overly fussed about Punk being champion until Rumble. I don't know. I, I, think, I, I do agree with the fact of like, the Punk's long title reign thing is impressive, and the fact they keep bringing... And it's, it, I don't know, it's a great way of building him as well, because you, you do say, well, you know, he's up there with such names as, and when you hear certain names, you go, that, that's what he's achieved, if you know what I mean, and it does build a much-needed bigger name in the company as well, yeah. and so if he's going into, like, for instance, say for instance he doesn't lose, yeah, until Royal Rumble, yeah, yeah. going to The Rock, I've been champion over a year. Something you haven't achieved. If he beats Ryback, he's gonna he's gonna wreck up a year. Yeah, but that's my point. But even if he doesn't lose it before Rumble, for argument's sake, it's like literally, I've been champion for over a year. I've been champion for this amount of time. I am the I don't know, ninth or eighth, whatever, longest ever WWE title reign. I've achieved things you haven't. Yeah. I am, I am the best in the world. I'm, do you know what I mean it? As opposed to like I was champion for almost a year. Yeah, and then I, I, I eventually beat Ryback to get my title back. It's less impressive. Although, in reality, it is more impressive, but it's... And if he goes over a year as well, it's something that he can, especially as a heel, yeah. can hold on to for the rest of his career, whenever he's a heel. I was champion for over a year. No yeah. matter what happens, he's always got that, if you know what I mean. It's like... Yeah. It's like title reigns. Like, for instance, obviously it was harder back in the day, so it's more impressive for, like, Ric Flair... 16-time world champion. Like, it, it's Obviously, Flair has his own thing. John Cena's held the title 11 times. But that's not as impressive because now because that was in a time where it was literally like, you hold it for this month and I will hold it afterwards. It's, it's I suppose the difference thing. is, of course, Flair for Flair to be champion 16 times, for the majority of those title reigns, we're talking about having to have every promoter in. That, that, that's, and we're talking yeah. about in the territory days, of course. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It was impressive back then. Nowadays, it's impressive to have a title reign over a year because of how... The titles, I mean, admittedly, this year it hasn't been the case, it's been enjoyable. Isn't a case of like you hold it, then I hold it, then you hold it, and I hold it. 
I told you at one point I was actually watching wrestling and went, oh, I forgot he was champion. He's the champion, I shouldn't forget that. Here, um, a few more tidbits coming out of um, uh, WWE for you uh, to uh, finish up the WWE news. Um, Justin Gabriel was in line for a singles push as we probably saw as we probably saw the beginning of a Raw. Uh, of course, that would mean that the uh, WWE has nixed plans for Gason, uh, Gason, Gabriel <laughs> and Tyson Kidd to team as international airstrike. Uh, there has been some talk of putting Kidd with Evan Bourne um, when Bourne's ready to return. Uh, and finally, um, WWE DVD crews are filming with Bret Hart at his home this week, um, and they're going to release a rare and unseen matches feature uh, uh, from WWE's collection and Bret's personal collection. Uh, WB of course purchased the Stampede tape library from the Hearts and there was some stuff that Brett kept for himself so uh, some of that content is likely to end up in the DVD I mean I know obviously you and me enjoy that sort of stuff watching our matches but sort of as someone that obviously is a, a lot younger than us and doesn't sort of go back and stuff do you enjoy watching the older stuff? Um, yeah because I like because I like to see the older stuff and see how the the business has changed over the years see how it's improved or see the flaws in which I could turn this guy into a philosophy mark <laughs> oh good lord don't, don't, don't listen to anything I can tell you uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, so that's something to look forward to. Obviously, a new Bret Hart DVD. Uh, sad news um, is uh, that uh, Lillian Garcia was uh, in a car accident this past Friday afternoon. Uh, Garcia suffered multiple uh, contusions and lacerations on the left side of her body. However, she is expected to make a full recovery. Doctors have immobilised Garcia's neck and will be keeping her hospitalised overnight to monitor. No news has come out since Friday. Um, we will uh, have some other sad news uh, as well. Sadly, this past week um, Mike Graham son of uh, legendary Eddie Graham uh, passed away um, he uh, died of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound to the forehead um, sadly news coming out the past couple of days that Mike Graham travelled to Universal Studios Florida in Orlando while TNA was holding a live impact show to request a job on their creative staff and uh, he was instantly rejected by company officials. Graham's reaction was described as being shocked by being turned down since his father Eddie Graham, such an influential figure in Florida wrestling, um, he was uh, he assumed he would be hired for any job by virtue of his rich family heritage. Not of course putting the blame on TNA for, yeah. for what happened but um, obviously wouldn't have maybe helped Mike Graham's uh, mindset but obviously very very sad that Mike Graham's uh, felt the need to take his own life. Uh, this was two months, uh, the incident I'm talking about yeah. was two months before um, committing to, uh, his suicide. So, But uh, obviously we wish uh, the Graham family uh, our well wishes and uh, our prayers are with them. Um, one little bit of news before we go into Hell in a Cell predictions. WWE.com this week posted an article telling us 10 things we didn't know about Brock Lesnar. Now I don't know about you Dean, but he doesn't work for WWE anymore. He, he doesn't, no. Um he, he, they also put him on their WrestleMania poster. Yeah, I heard about that. That, that that's, that's genius. But uh, here are the ten things that, you, that maybe you didn't know about Brock Lesnar, okay? Uh, he's been billed from Minneapolis since his WWE debut in 2002, but Brock Lesnar actually grew up on a dairy farm in Webster, a South Dakota city, with a current population of less than 2,000. Mm. Now you know. I, I, I often wonder. His, child nickname, his childhood nickname was Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. He was recruited by WWE Hall of Famer Gerald Briscoe, a former college roommate of one of Lesnar's wrestling coaches at the University of Minnesota, Jay Robinson. Yeah. I knew that. I, I didn't. Uh, he was a former roommate of Shelton Benjamin. I'm Shelton Benjamin. 
Sorry, that's not what I should take from that, but I do. I also knew that. Ah, okay. They were they, they, they were in OVW together as the Minnesota Wrecking Crew of Tanty. They were playing good. Uh, before debuting in WWE, he regularly executed the shooting star press. Ironically, something he couldn't execute in WWE. Yeah, bad. That was bad. Uh, I never showed you the uh, shooting star press. He, he basically tries to do what was Kurt Angle was in the match with WrestleMania 19, the yeah. main event of WrestleMania 19. He goes for a shooting star press. It kind of misses, so it turns into a shooting star headbutt. Brock Lesnar knocked himself clean yeah. up. Yeah, it was, it was bad. He, Kurt Angle had to then drag Brock Lesnar. Like because like Kurt, Kurt Angle at that point was about to take time off because he like couldn't feel his fingers and his neck was so bad. And Kurt Angle, if you talk to Kurt Angle about the match, he says, oh my god, I was petrified because I was like, I'm going to have to beat Brock Lesnar and I'm going to have to wrestle for another month before I can drop the belt to Brock at Backlash. <laughs> and he said to Brock, can you hit me with the F5? And Brock's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but Brock did hit him with the F5 and obviously uh, Brock goes over at WrestleMania. But if you watch Brock celebrate, he has no fucking idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, um, Lesnar did not win his first televised WWE match by pinfall or submission. Lesnar versus Jeff Hardy at Backlash 2002 was won by referee stoppage. Yeah. Won most of his MMA matches by referee stoppage as well. Uh, Lesnar nearly played for the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, after Brock left WWE yeah. after WrestleMania 20, he left to pursue an NFL career. He was picked up by the Minnesota Vikings and was part of their training camp. Uh, he was cut just before uh, the regular season and wasn't part of their team. Um, most people would know that, in my opinion. Yeah, I knew, I knew that. So, uh, the sword on his chest. <laughs> Does anyone know what the sword on his chest represents? Yeah. Without reading that. No, I knew because I tell you how I knew yeah. about this. Um, Kurt Angle was interviewed on Wrestling News Live by Trey and JJ, and Tra- uh, Kurt Angle told uh, Trey and JJ what the um, the sword meant. The sword is a myriad of the pressures he felt during a dark period in his life after leaving WWE. That's what WWE.com has. Right. The truth is, because he felt like he had a knife to his throat because Vince was Vince was suing him and wouldn't allow him to do anything. He, that was a, a symbol of the knife he felt Vince had to his throat because obviously they were involved in such a massive uh, yeah. lawsuit. Well, I said I only knew that because you told me. So. But yeah, no, there's uh, something you know because of the SNS <coughs> network. Uh, Lesnar battled the 500 pound plus sumo wrestler Akibono in a one-on-one clash on March 19th, 2006. Less than one year after Big Show faced Akibono at WrestleMania. Unlike Big Show, Lesnar was notorious. <laughs> Obviously, Big Show went to New Japan Pro. Uh, um, Lesnar went to New Japan Pro Wrestling and did some stuff over there yeah. uh, during the period where he wasn't allowed to perform in the United States. covering for us while we had our power See, because what happened was, we had the power cut, but we didn't really realise we'd stopped recording. No, sorry, no, sorry, that's wrong. That we had the power cut, and then we realised we stopped recording. Luckily, Kid Rock was here to fill in for us. Yes, and we thank him for a few Then we came back from after the power cut, 
and it stopped recording after about five seconds. After we finished the show. After we finished <laughs> the show. Um, so let me fill you in on what happened while you uh, weren't here for the amazing, the last 10, it was the best bit of the show. It really was, so I'm sorry about it. Alf sang, it was, it was oh, superb. The voice of an angel. It was beautiful. Voice of an angel. Voice of an angel. But uh, basically, we, uh, we, we, I'll finish off the Brock Lesnar story first of all. Uh, obviously, for those of you that don't know, Brock Lesnar moved to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was uh, after, because basically when he left WWE, signed in 20 year no compete clause um, to not be able to wrestle anywhere. After failing, I don't want to say failing, but choosing not to be a pro uh, pro footballer in the NFL anymore, he decided he wanted to wrestle again. WWE said, no, you can't wrestle because you've got this 20 year no compete clause. Uh, and he said, well, you know, then they were in in a court battle, hence where the tattoo with the knife and the threat came down. Um, eventually, it was agreed that Brock could wrestle anywhere that wasn't in North America. That's why he went to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He, uh, of course, then went to uh, train and, and got into MMA, wrestled, uh, did his one uh, MMA fight in Japan, and obviously got signed by the UFC and Dana White. The rest is history. And now we're back where we are now with obviously MMA-based Brock Lesnar character yep. in WWE. The, uh, the final fact that you wouldn't have known about Brock Lesnar, maybe, is that when he joined New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, there is a, uh, an in initiation where all American wrestlers get slapped by Antonio Inoki, and Brock Lesnar basically said no. Yeah. Um, didn't let an uh, Inoki slap him um, at all, um, which uh, takes a big man. But I wouldn't want to pick a fight Brock Lesnar so far as Inoki. <laughs> okay. Uh, we then did our picks for Hell in a Cell. Um, and... Uh, Alf went with uh, Layla to win the Divas Championship, Miz to win the IC Championship, Del Rio over Orton, Team Road Scholars to become the new Tag Team Champion, Sheamus to retain, and Punk to retain. Dean went with Eve to retain, Kofi to retain, Orton over ADR, Team Hell No to retain, Sheamus to retain, pardon me, and Punk to retain. I went with Caitlyn to become the new Divas Champion, Kofi to retain, Orton over ADR, Team Hell No to retain, Big Show to become the new uh, World Heavyweight Champion, and Ryback to become the new WWE Champion. We were then discussing the bonus question that I threw out. Will Dolph Ziggler leave Hell in a Cell as a World Champion? You guys both said no, and I said yes, but purely because I was hedging my bets. I feel if Punk does win, then I think Vicky Guerrero will try and screw the world by letting, uh, saying she's changed it so Ziggler can cash in on the... Uh, WWE Championship as well as the World Heavyweight Championship, which will in, then incur the wrath of the board of directors, saying that Vicky can't be uh, trusted in a position because she just she shows too much favoritism to the people that she represents, and that will be how they bring back Ric Flair because they need someone who has no way of being involved in, with anybody on the roster. Which is fair enough, but like I said, the the issue with that is it, it basically, if, as you say, not in your like theory, if Ric Flair does that, he's going to say no, 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 give the belt back. You can't do that, which to me sort of, and then basically void Dolph Ziggler's money in the bank. But that that to me just sort of, again, it's sort of like it looks like Dolph Ziggler is gonna bring this on, and it's sort of like now we just we're just gonna push it back down. It, it just, I don't know. Dol Dolph Ziggler is a talent. Whether you feel he sh he should be like world champion or not, I, I don't think he should be world champion yet. That was actually an issue when he won money in the bank. I was really happy, but I didn't think it was ready. He needed a push that he didn't get after the win. Yeah. To really sort of cement himself, I think I think he is a. Uh, top quality talent and I think he does deserve a place up with the top stars not necessarily world champion but to do that it, it just sort of it's another knockback and it seems like every year there's this part where they go we've got this great talent in Dolph Ziggler let's kind of put him up there and then it's sort of like they go ah nah fuck him and then later on they go we need someone up there wait we've got Dolph Ziggler and it, it just seems like this sort of turn go just if you're really not going to use him let him go somewhere else and be great just it, it just seems there is nowhere else 
that is the issue, unfortunately, for wrestling talent. But um, it just it just seems funny. It's like you've got a great talent, and then instead you, you you give us people that are quite boring a lot of the time. And I don't know. It just it just seems like a pointless endeavor for. Them. I think the problem is here is that this is a thing where you know you 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 feel this way, and and this is where you become bitchy IWC member when you when you feel that way because I don't completely understand why Dolph Ziggler isn't pushed. I it could I, I completely get it. it. It makes sense to me. I think he's a great wrestler. I enjoy his matches. I think he's an amazing talent in the ring. But I completely understand why WB Creative don't go, he should be at the top of the card. And it's purely and simple because he doesn't sell. Dolph Ziggler does not sell a pay-per-view. You're not going to be able to credibly have Dolph Ziggler as a heel champion because there's no way they're turning him face. They've shown that this year. They haven't even they, they, they had plenty of opportunities to tease yeah. a face turn and they have not done it once. They have no inclination to turn him face. He doesn't want to turn face. He's made that clear in interviews. He doesn't want to turn face. He doesn't want to ever work face. He wants to be a heel for his entire career. And the f- pure fact of the matter is Dolph Ziggler is not talented enough on the mic and is not a does not look the right part to be able to say I am going to go into Fatal 4-Way and have a match where in I'm in one corner defending my WWE Championship and in the other corners are John Cena CM Punk and The Miz I, I, I said I don't think he should be champion yet I, I, I made that clear I don't, don't think he should be champion anytime soon I think he should be wrestling at the top of the card I think he should be I, I think he should be in title matches, not necessarily getting the win, but he should be up there, much like a lot of other people are. But it just seems like he sort of gets to that part and then they just kind of dismiss him. And giving him money in the bank has kind of given him that thing of, like, oh, you've got to keep him in mind. And if they just take that off him, it, it just... Not, uh, basically, since winning money in the bank to now, it makes him completely irrelevant. He's been completely irrelevant <clears throat> since he's won money in the but bank. He hasn't, but the fact that we're talking about him now proves he hasn't. He's relevant because he holds that money in I'm the bank. I'm talking about him purely because I posed that question. No, but my point is, it's always something that comes up every pay per view. You go, oh, but he's got money in the bank. It's it's something you talk about. Whether it's but you're talking about the briefcase. You're not talking about Dolph We'd be having the same conversation if the briefcase. We, we were having the same conversation last year when the briefcase was held by Daniel Bryan. Exactly, and that, that, that's the point. But I'm the making. difference was, point? everyone felt that everyone knew Daniel Bryan was a good enough wrestler and good enough on the mic from watching him in ROH that we knew he could be a world champion. That was my point originally. I said I don't. When he won money in the bank, I was like, yeah, but I thought actually that's not a good idea because he shouldn't be world champion yet. But he, the thing is, he could have just been getting actually pushed off of the money in the bank, give it to someone else, and then they could be. Dolph Ziggler is popular. See, here's the thing for me: Daniel Bryan is popular with the fans, right? Because with with the smart fans, let me let me preface that. Dolph Ziggler is uh, Daniel Bryan is um, popular with the smart fans because we know. And I do include myself in this. I am a smart fan. I know too much. Okay, but we know that Daniel Bryan is amazing. As I've said before, CM Punk can go around with the best in the world, Monica. I think Daniel Bryan wrestles him out of a ring. Pure, pure and simple. I think Daniel Bryan is streets ahead of CM Punk in ring. I'm not saying CM Punk is shit by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination, but Daniel Bryan is absolutely millennia ahead of CM Punk in ring. Daniel Bryan is the single greatest pro wrestler I have ever seen in ring. And I'm not talking about just his WWE stuff. You have to go back and watch ROH stuff and other indie federations. But Daniel Bryan is the single greatest. And I've seen Ric Flair. I've seen John. You know, I've seen all the big names: John Cena, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels. And I love Shawn Michaels. And I love Ric Flair. And I love Chris Jericho. And I love watching their matches. But Daniel Bryan is 
completely different and, com and completely my taste. He takes all the stuff about new pro wrestling that needs to be included for, for modern day fans and then he takes a little bit of Ric Flair and a little bit of Shawn Michaels and a little bit of Chris Jericho and blends that all together to become something that nobody else is. Absolutely nobody else and makes a completely different style of pro wrestling that is perfect. He takes psychology, he takes spots and he blends them together to make a perfect style of pro wrestling to watch. It's good if you're a kid and you want to watch him because he can do the comedy stuff. And it's good if you're an adult and you want to watch pure pro wrestling because he can do that too. He had a match on Saturday Night Slam a couple of weeks ago with Santino that was just pure comedy. It was what it was, and, and that got rave reviews backstage purely because of how amazing a comedy match it was. He is a brilliant all-round superstar. No, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I'm, I think Daniel Bryan is amazing. I'm not. I mentioned that, but it just, but, but to the, it's the Dolph Ziggler. Thing. It's just, and that's the difference. But, you look at Dolph Ziggler and you go, you're good at selling. But I enjoy, I enjoy everything he does. I enjoy his offense. I enjoy his say uh, everything. It's the be the best person I can put it compared to, is, in my opinion, is I look at him and I go like, Dolph Ziggler is great. He's enjoyable to watch. It's fun. You know, it's 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 cool. And then I look at someone like, and just thinking of it's someone that's on the big view, ADR, and I think he bores me to death. His promos bore me. Everything about a boy. He has one good thing, and that's his armbar. It's everything else about him is horrible, and he's, he he is held up there at the top. And I just think like, if for instance going into his pay per view, if it was Randy Orton versus Dolph Ziggler, I'd be much more enthused. I'd be much more enjoyable. But ADR, Randy, and I just, Randy Orton squashed Dolph Ziggler about three weeks in a row, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, that, that, but that's exactly my point. But instead, we're going to a pay-per-view with him versus ADR in a match of... I really couldn't care less. It's, but the difference is there. You're looking, at, you're, looking, is you're, you're looking at that on purely... You're saying like you prefer... But the fact of the matter is, that name right there sells more tickets and gets you more viewers. Yes, partly the Latino stuff is part of it. But that name right there has been built to be a big deal. And as I say, you don't personally don't enjoy him. But that name being there, that name being on a card, Alberto Del Rio being on a card, is a big deal. Putting Dolph Ziggler in that match kind of makes it a mid-card throwaway. Putting ADR in that match, you're looking at a possible number one contenders for the World Championship right there. Right there, you're looking at the winner of that match possibly being the person the next get a shot. that's what makes me sad that ADR could be considered for another title like shot. It, I, he's, I mean, like I said, I'm not, I'm, I feel like I'm dogging him. He's just the name that comes to my mind because obviously I'm looking at the picks in front of me. And there are other people, it's not just him, but like, I just think to myself, I watch their matches and I don't care, I'm bored... And I'm just like, okay. And then I think like, and it's not even just Dolph Ziggler. It's other people as well. And I think there are people that aren't on this card that are actually enjoyable to watch in matches. The fact that Dolph Ziggler isn't on this card makes me pick my yes as well. Yeah, that, that also doesn't help. But then I think it, it might just be like a... Unless like a on the, with him and Cena. Unless on the pre-show they booked Dolph Ziggler versus John Cena. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it might be a promo between him and Cena or something like In which like case, that. I'm picking John Cena. <laughs> but that's the problem for me right there, as I said before. You look at Orton versus Del Rio, and you're looking at a potential non-born contenders match. You're looking at the winner of that match, whether you agree or not, being the next contender for Sheamus or Big Show, right? You put Orton versus Ziggler, or John Cena versus Ziggler on a card, right? You're thinking, well, that's just a reason to get Orton on the card. That's just a match you're putting on there, purely so Randy Orton is on the but card. But before you gave ADR his push, you would have thought the same thing. I, I never ADR's never not been pushed. No, I, I meant before he's... No, because he started off like fighting mid-card talent, ADR, and he's beaten them, fair play. No, he started and he came in and fought Rey Mysterio, and then he had a, he was in the... That was... that He came in just before Survivor Series. By TLC, he was in a fatal four-way for the World Championship. Granted, that was because they didn't want to put yeah. Kane versus Edge in the one-on-one. <laughs> but, 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 he was in a fatal four-way for the World Championship. He's never not been pushed as a major deal. See, when he was doing the race, though, like after the... Because Ray got injured quite quickly into the... He injured Ray. Yeah. 
and it was like but then for like a little while I and then he like, moved on to more. no he injured Ray after um, TLC and then he moved on to winning the Royal Rumble which was bad uh, again that was my opinion it's just I I, I, I watched ADR and I, I don't I don't care and I, I, I you know if, I'm not saying the guy can't wrestle or nothing like that but it's just I look like I said I look at someone like that and I think that and it's not just Dolph Ziggler it's other people as well and I think there are people I really enjoy I people that I feel really talented like wrestlers because I mean ADI is very methodical he has good philosophy in the ring he, the way what he does he does well but it's just not for you it, it's just not for me and I think it's and especially against someone like Randy Orton who's quite methodical in what he does as well that's why I think that could be quite a boring match because I think it would be very much like like the best way I could put it is a perfect example is that Ziggler versus Orton yeah I didn't enjoy that match I'm not going to say oh no it was amazing because Ziggler was in it no I didn't enjoy that match it was the last pay-per-view or something yeah. wasn't it and I, I thought that was quite a slow methodical match which I didn't enjoy because to me it took away from what Ziggler has to offer and that's why I think when putting ADR in there it's just going to be even slower and I, I'm going to enjoy it even less but again ADR again it's the name I'm saying because it's right in front of me but there are other people as well that I look at at the top of the car and I think I, I'm, I'm not going to enjoy this like as much as I enjoyed the Big Show Sheamus lead up I think it's done really well I think to myself I'm still about to watch a Big Show match and although obviously it sells and that's one thing Big Show has because of his size and his destruction it sells and that's great the problem is I hate being this guy I hate being the one that keeps saying it but you're talking about stuff and, and, and as far as wrestling talent goes maybe to some degree I agree with you I agree that people like Dolph Ziggler and, and you know they, Cody Rhodes and Damien Sandow they should be considered better at the higher end of the card yes but the fact of the matter remains this isn't just about putting on the best show no, it's, it's not. about putting on the best it, it's about making w, WWE is a global business and who they choose to market is who we're forced to... I don't want to say forced, but that's who you're stuck with. No, but that, that, my point is that's how I feel a lot of the time, that it's very much like, well, this is this is what you've got to deal with it. And it's just sort of... Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that certain people should be at the top of the card, but I'm saying like, but when they are deciding... I, what I hate is the sort of semi-pushes. That's the best way I can put it. The people that are like, but they're really talented, let's kind of push it. now. fuck them. It, it was kind of like what, um, obviously, I, I don't feel Kofi performed up to what he should have done. Again, a name I saw in front of me that reminded me. Like when he did the stuff with Legacy, it was kind of, oh, Kofi's kind of getting pushed. And granted, I don't feel he performed enough and the push was taken away. It's like, fair enough. But you see it all the time. People like Dolph Ziggler gets it quite a lot. Like Cody had it a little bit. Like when MVP was in the company, he kind of kept getting pushed and then pulled back and pushed and then pulled back. And you see it a lot of time and it's just sort of like you've got these talented people that kind of go there and there. And then you feel that it's almost like because the fans don't react to someone, it's kind of like they didn't react straight away. But then it's like, oh, boo, oh, wait, they're a face, but they get booed. It don't matter. It's a reaction. Just push them, push yeah. them. But they don't want to see them. Just keep pushing. It, that's how I feel. It, it's, it's, sort of, it's difficult. It bothers me. It, it's difficult, obviously, because ultimately it comes down to the fact of if they're not confident in your ability to go out and, and put on the show they want you to put on. And, and again, it comes to a point now where obviously... You don't want to be in a situation where you push someone, and, and, and it probably does come a lot based in fear, is you don't want to push someone and push someone and push someone and push someone, and then they go, ah, this isn't really for me, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to leave. And then two months later, they pop up on TNA, and, and, and then you've got, I mean, look, look at what Jeff Hardy, and I, 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 I do put some of the blame at Jeff Hardy's door, look at the amount of effort they put into making Jeff Hardy an absolute fucking superstar, and Jeff Hardy went, I need some time off, I'm going to go back to TNA. No, 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 granted, like, but that is like TNA's game, which is like purpose of that. But considering, especially that WWE don't really consider TNA competition, that shouldn't even be something on their minds. And even if someone, like, say for instance, they did push uh, Dolph Ziggler, 
Yeah. And then she goes, actually, I'm going to go to TNA. It's, it's not like they're brimming with talent. That it's going to really make a difference to yeah, WWE. But, but again, the, the only reason the Jeff Hardy thing doesn't burn WWE more, in my opinion, is because TNA didn't know how to use Jeff Hardy. True. Purely and simply that. Because they, they didn't use Jeff Hardy properly. But if TNA learn from their mistakes and say, oh, well, I know what we did wrong with Jeff Hardy, and now we've got the likes of Adolf Ziggler, or, you know, look at what WWE did to John Morrison when they knew John Morrison was leaving. Yeah. They buried the shit out of him. Yeah. Because then when he went to TNA, it meant fuck all. If he went to TNA, they knew John Morrison was leaving, they knew they didn't want him anymore, so they made sure that when he left, he was an absolute nobody. And you could think that's harsh on WWE's point that may be fucking up this dude's career. But as far as their business is concerned, that's a great fucking idea. No, uh, and granted, but then it, to use that as basically a fear of pushing anyone... It's not necessarily a fear, but you have to prove yourself to Vince. And we're talking about Vince McMahon. We're not talking about someone that's going to go, you had six good matches. You be world champion. No, Vince McMahon didn't like John Cena when John Cena first came onto the fucking card. Yeah, which, again, it's sort of... But then... Imagine if that was. Imagine if that happened, right? Imagine if Cena hadn't got the cheer straight away. Yeah. Then what? John, there would be no John Cena because they'd be like, "All right, we're kind of going to push him." Joe, they're not reacting to this thugonomics thing. Put him back. Fuck him. Well, no, because John Cena got the slow build. John Cena pushed up through the U.S. Championship, was a heel, slowly turned, slowly, slowly. Sl- John Cena's build yeah. to his first face turn was really good, and then when then they put the full face turn on when he was getting cheered anyway, even doing the Ely stuff, yeah, which was great, but. The, that's my point, though, is I feel like they don't really do that. It, that that's the, the culmination of John Cena's face turn was when he went over JBL. Which, which was brilliant. I, I remember that. I, I was like, oh, standard. But that's my point. Is no, they, WWE's idea of a push now is deep end. Wait, no, you didn't swim straight away. And that, that's my issue. And I feel like they that, do that I, think a that's a, I don't think that's necessarily the push. I think that's a test. But, but it's a ridiculous test because it basically lasts like a week. It's like... Okay, you're going to have a match with, I don't know, like, Randy Orton! Oh, yeah! Oh, do you know what? No, no, you didn't get the cheer we expected when you came out before the match started. But it's not like they don't go back to these people. It's not like we haven't seen Ziggler get numerous chances. And you say that, you know, we've seen Ziggler get numerous chances in these half pushes that you talk about. But surely there's something he's not doing right as far as creators concerned if they keep abort- aborting it. Whether you think it's something right or wrong, he's doing something wrong or right, clearly. No, 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 no fair play. Obviously, that's what they think. Yeah, but my, my point being is, I, I, I don't see... Disagreeing with them is yeah, a different question. Yeah, that's my point. I completely disagree with them. Like, don't get me wrong, like I said, I don't think Dov Ziggler should be champion. I don't think he should be... I'm not saying, oh, this is ridiculous that it's Sheamus versus Big Show. It should be Sheamus versus Dolph Ziggler. And then it should be CM Punk versus Dolph Ziggler. And then Ziggler should hold both titles. No, I, I'm not... It's not even slightly what I'm saying. He shouldn't be in title matches now. But he should be the one having the... The match is just below, like, facing the people that aren't in the title run. Like, people like, obviously, we said about it earlier, it's not a good idea, but, like, people like John Cena, people like Randall, because his build should have started about two years ago. Yeah. He should have been having that slow build to be... Someone well, like, with The Miz. I was just saying, someone like The Miz is a perfect example of showing it can work. It worked with The Miz. When, they, when, it when Miz won the money, Miz's Money in the Bank reign was the best Money in the Bank reign they've done. Yeah. They, they, that was my point. That's the build that they should have been giving Dolph from about two years ago. He should be at the point now, but he's not. It's like Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett's another one. Wade, Wade Barrett's one that bothers me. Dolph Ziggler yeah. doesn't really bother me. I like watching Dolph Ziggler wrestle. No, but Dolph, Wade Barrett is Wade Barrett bothers bothers me. what I'm saying. It was kind I, of like, I, it's, it's not like, like I think you're, as I say, that's what I'm trying to, what I'm trying yeah. to say is I don't think you're unreasonable because there are people yeah. that I feel should be higher that bother me. I mean, Wade Barrett bothers me. I want Wade Barrett to do better. Yeah. But 
but the, the, it's, it, this is that point I'm making. Like, I'm using Dolph Ziggler as an example. People like Wade Barrett and other people, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying about Cody Rhodes is another one. But then I think they are slowly building the Cody fact, Rhodes. The so fact, I don't have an issue with the fact of the matter, with, The fact of the matter is, though, what you and me do disagree on in this sense is you think there's people at the top of the card that don't deserve to be there. And I, 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 I disagree. I don't, I don't say they don't deserve to be there. I feel that there's... I, 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 like I said, I, I feel like I was dogging on the idea. I, no, it's, I personally don't enjoy it, but I understand why people do yeah. My issue is that I feel there are people that offer more that are missing out on spaces because of it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like, for instance, Randy Orton versus ADI is the example I give because like, I, I think it'll be quite a boring match. And I think that could be more exciting. Not even like just Orton, but like if it was, say, um, Dolph Ziggler versus Wade Barrett. Just, just two names off the top of my head. Obviously, the build-up would have had to have been there. You can't just throw it on the pay-per-view. But like that match... Enjoy that. I, I, I think that'll be interesting, and you'd actually have a vested interest. You'd be like, okay, let's see this instead of oh, these two. That, that's how I feel about the Yorton Ajama. It's almost like, well, he's a big name, and he's a big name, and they're not doing anything. Let's and start I, a few. I mean, so I'm looking forward to that match. Yeah, which is granted. Like I said, like it's, it's personally not for me, but I know I understand why people would like it. But it's the example I give because it's on the card. But I, I, I anyway, like spaces could be gone on the, gone about this for a while now. Yeah, we spoke about this one, and we spoke about the. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know about that, though. Yeah. Um, finally, uh, yesterday we had the opportunity to uh, to join the boss at his abode, and we uh, we, uh, we got a chance to play WWE 13 a little bit early. We did. Um, very very entertaining game. The uh, the attitude mode was uh, was very fun and hard <laughs> and, and hard at points. Uh, universe mode looks a lot more refined, a lot more fun. I, I I was messing around with the arena editor and stuff like that. It's kind of cool that you can do more than you know just make the ringside. I agree. Although what I, I didn't enjoy was the arena you created. <laughs> it, was, it was the arena of many factions. No, it was an arena of many factions with Brodus Clay on the announcer table. Yeah, <laughs> bad. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, that was fun. Um, we, uh, we I, I became the tag team champions. I became the tag team champions. Which you, was... you are the worst person I've ever seen play a wrestling game ever. <laughs> <laughs> I carried us to a win. I, I became the tag team champions. I now. became the tag team champions. Um, but yeah, no, but the, I have a new favorite thing. In the, the, new, world, by the, the, way. the best thing that they put on WWE 13 is infinite finishes. Oh, it's the best. You just stand there, just hitting your finisher over and over again. <laughs> Dan did not like that yeah, one. Dan, Dan did was not a fan of us cheating that way. In all fairness, it was because we said, alright, no infinite finishers, and then just as we need an animal picking, we always put infinite finishers on. <laughs> and he'd get in there and see how infinite finishers and just get really angry. It was so much fun. There was the, there was the match where we did a six-man battle royal where everybody had infinite finishers apart from Dan. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Dan. My, my favourite was when none of us had it except I put it on Big Show, who was the viewer. So it's just a case of running away from the Big Show. <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, definitely uh, pick up WB13. I sadly won't get WB13 until my birthday, so we won't be able to do. Which a means I won't get it till your birthday. Which means we won't be able to be able to do a review next week. But um, we will have a review of WB13 after I pick up the game, and uh, we will talk a bit more in depth after we've had a chance to sit down properly and play the game. But uh, obviously, um, that kind of wraps up this uh, bit part show. Yeah. Um, we uh, will be back on uh, Monday afternoon recording with a uh, post show for Hell in a Cell telling you all the news coming out of uh, the uh, pay-per-view out of Atlanta. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to the show tonight. Um, I'd also like to thank Kid Rock for their part they played in our show. <laughs> Thanks, uh, th thank you to Kid Rock for keeping everyone occupied while we uh, dealt with our technical snafu. Of course, as always, you can uh, find the show on Headlocks to Headlines. You can now find us, remember, on the SNS Radio Network. 
you uh, can uh, email us now our new uh, SNS um, email account hardway at snsradionetwork.com feel free to send us in any questions or anything like that anything you want to hear us talk about you can find us all on Twitter you can find us all on Facebook all that stuff is going to be on the SNS Radio Network I'm informed by MindWipe um, this weekend everyone's going to be linked up so you can just click on that stuff and find us um, so that should be there pretty soon but uh, other than that thank you guys for listening this week and uh, we'll be back on Monday see you then goodbye